If there's something that's interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. Get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com forward slash brain. Use the promo code brain during checkout to apply the discount. Life presents the toughest challenges. Every day you are faced with decisions that test your ability to express who you really want to be in this world. We're told to keep saying affirmations and keep thinking positively, but what do you do when that stuff doesn't work? Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hello, welcome to the show. My name is Paul Coliani, and I'm here to help you increase your emotional intelligence so that you can avoid dysfunction, handle toxic situations with grace and ease, and show up as your authentic self. Everything I talk about on this show is my personal opinion and is meant for informational and educational purposes only. Always consult a medical or psychological professional before making any changes that could affect your physical or mental health. How do you handle a toxic situation with grace and ease? I'm reading that right now. I'm thinking, uh, when I say that, what kind of toxic situations come up that we can actually handle with grace and ease? And the first thing that comes to mind is um, situations with family. You know, the toxic family members that you may or may not have in your life or that person in the grocery line that's giving you a hard time. How do you bow out gracefully or confront gracefully might be a topic for another show but um, just as a thought that I had as I was starting this episode um, one of the toxic situations that comes up for me is when family will you know someone from your family will say something that you are wholly against or uh, is outside of your values and in their values, maybe, uh, or just offensive to you. And I just had an episode on love and abuse, my other podcast. Uh, if you listen to that episode, you're going to hear me talk about how to handle toxic situations on social media. So when someone disagrees with you or posts something that triggers you emotionally, what do you do? How do you say what you want to say? And Maybe you shouldn't say anything. And one of the more major bullet points that I talked about has to do with inviting yourself into a possibly abusive scenario. And uh, we do this. We get ourselves involved in what we know subconsciously or consciously is going to be a volatile, aggressive, or abusive scenario. And because we know that, we are heavily responsible for what we do from that point. You know, from that point on, if someone triggers us, how are we going to uh, gracefully get out of that possibly toxic situation that's developing? So again, I talk about that on Love and Abuse, my other podcast. Um, But if you don't listen to that episode, take this away with you today, which is how are you injecting or inviting yourself into the toxic situation or into the um, possibly abusive conversation or interaction because this is what we do we get triggered we get charged and we want to either defend ourselves or prove to someone else that they're wrong or 
speak up because we want to stand up for what's right and we get ourselves into a mess. And the reason it's a mess is because usually the person triggering us, if they're known for triggering us, then we know what we're getting into as soon as we engage. So just keep this in mind in any scenario, whether it's in social media, whether it's at the grocery store, whether it's at home, when someone triggers you, you are then making a decision to engage in a toxic situation or not. It's possibly toxic. I mean, just because you're triggered doesn't mean it's going to be a toxic situation, but I'm talking about the people that you know will continue an interaction that is aggressive, volatile, or abusive. When you know they're going to continue that interaction in an abusive way, then you have a choice to inject yourself or not. Most of the time. I know I can hear it in my head now, people yelling at their MP3 players saying, I don't have a choice. I try to walk away and he or she continues to pull me into the conversation. I get that. And when that happens, you have to be aware that there are people that want to win. And not only win, but want to make you lose. They want to make you feel bad. They want to make sure that you are on the bottom so they're on the top and they can put their foot on your dying corpse, sorry for the details, and raise their fist and say, yes, I'm the winner. And so you have to know these personalities and do your best to stay out of the toxic situation that these personalities can create in your life. Because once you know the personality, once you know who they are, then almost always engagement is your choice. So be careful about that because we want to engage. We want to honor ourselves and say what's right. We want to stand up for what's right. We want to tell them how wrong they are. And maybe this time we'll convince them how wrong they are. But if you know what the past has shown you, you're probably not going to win against certain people. And if you accept that, that certain people you can't win with, then might be the best choice to not engage with them. Just a thought before we begin this episode, um, which is partially or wholly about, I haven't decided yet, uh, selfishness. Because what happens when you are dealing with selfish people, they don't care about you most of the time. They don't care about you. All they want is what they want, and they'll do anything to get it. They're selfish. It's the person that knows there's five people in the office and five cookies on the plate in the kitchen and one of them takes two <laughs> and uh, the other person doesn't get one. They walk in and oh, all the cookies are gone. Too bad, so sad. <laughs> At least that's what the selfish person would think or say. And that's just a minor example because selfishness runs rampant in certain people, especially narcissists. If you don't know what narcissism is, that's a good thing to look up because there's a lot of people with narcissistic tendencies and full-blown narcissism. And my definition of full-blown narcissism, at least a useful definition for me, is something I've already said, uh, when someone is so selfish that you don't matter. And no matter what they do, almost every behavior has to do with them and getting what they want, getting their needs met, regardless of your needs. When it comes to narcissism, uh, what you'll experience from the narcissist is different moments where they seem to care. 
the narcissist seems to care, but they do that in order to get their needs met. And, you know, there could be an argument for, well, Paul, don't we all do that? To a certain extent, I can agree with that, that we all do things to get our own needs met. But really, certain people aren't selfless at all and have absolutely no empathy. And this is what differentiates the narcissist from most people. They don't have any empathy. And I'm talking about full-blown narcissism. A lot of us have narcissistic tendencies, but this is the person that just doesn't care if you are hurting, if you feel bad, if what they did caused a problem in your life, as long as they get their needs met, all is well. And so if you are with a narcissist, if you're in a relationship with a narcissist, then you are experiencing this at the most intense level. You're experiencing this at a level that is very, very difficult and emotionally draining And you are probably in a space of low self-worth, low self-esteem, feeling guilty all the time for all the, quote, problems you cause in the relationship, and on and on and on. Because a narcissist wants other people to feel bad so that they can feel good. That's not the precise cause and effect always, but sometimes it is. Sometimes the narcissist feels good because someone else is on the downside, because someone else feels bad. But in reality, what they're doing is trying to satisfy their needs and be comfortable regardless of other people's comfort. They want to be happy regardless of other people's happiness. And if you point out what they're doing, they're going to blame you for not having uh, sensitivity for their needs or for not caring about them or for not loving them enough. I mean, this is all the kind of stuff that a narcissist will put you through or someone with major narcissistic tendencies, they will make you feel so bad that you'll be focused on yourself and you won't have any time to think about what they're doing to you because they're redirecting, causing you to refocus, making sure that all you do is concentrate on what you need to do to fix you so that you can satisfy their needs. It's a crazy thing and a lot of people get locked up into it And it's heavily emotionally abusive. I talk about it, like I said, on my other podcast. And when it happens, often what will happen is that the victim of the narcissistic abuse that goes on tries harder. And this trying harder to please them, to show them that they're worthy, to show them that they're really trying to work on the relationship, the narcissist will continue pointing out how they're doing things wrong. And kind, caring, empathetic, compassionate people typically always try harder. And because of that, it's a detriment. It's a dysfunction. And that sucks to say because I don't want to say that kindness and compassion and caring and generosity are dysfunctions, but they become dysfunctional when you are doing it to enable someone else's narcissistic behavior. So this is really, really good to keep in mind with anyone in your life And um, it does lead into what I'm talking about today, which isn't necessarily totally about narcissism, but it is about selfishness and how we can miss a selfish response or behavior from someone else because we're so focused on what we might be doing wrong or wanting to be right or proving to them that they're wrong. If you miss what might be considered selfish behavior, then you might get drawn into the toxic or abusive interaction. 
And this is what we need to keep in mind when we're conversing with anyone and listen to their words and ask ourselves, I wonder why they would say that. I wonder what they get from that. What are they trying to achieve? What outcome are they going for? Because if you can answer those questions, you'll stop getting sucked into conversations like this. You'll stop getting into relationships with people that call you wrong and call you bad and say that you need to be fixed and they're perfectly fine. You'll change your life if you are able to spot selfish behavior and realize that the behavior that you see is actually a function that they've developed over the years that helps them achieve their outcome regardless of your thoughts or feelings or emotions. And you just have to realize there are people like this, people that maybe you love right now, people that you respect right now. There are people like this and it's hard to spot them because they're usually so kind. They're usually so caring. They, they seem so generous. And what happens is when you start to break apart the actual behavior, what they say and what they do, what you end up with are the components that make up a bigger picture that you didn't see before. And that bigger picture is someone's actually devising or scheming this whole thing just to get what they want. And this can be very hurtful to the people that care about these people. If your mom is like this, if your dad, if your partner, if your friend, whoever in your life is like this, when you're drawn into the deception that they're creating, it's hard for you to see outside of that deception because you're so involved and enmeshed in it. When you are involved in something like this, it's very difficult to see from the outside what's happening. This is why it's important to start listening carefully and break apart what they say and what they do in your own mind, you know, at first, and then as you get better at hearing what they are saying and asking yourself, well, what are they trying to accomplish here? What is in it for them? That's the question that you kind of stew on for a while. Every time they do something that seems questionable or especially makes you feel bad, or even if it makes you feel good. And this is something else that I need to bring up is that narcissists or people with high tendencies of narcissism or very, very selfish people, even if they're not quote full blown narcissists, they know how to make people feel good. They know how to make you feel good about yourself. They know how to make you feel loved and worthy and their best friend, the best person they know. They know how to do that again to get their needs met. And this is the type of relationship that the narcissist or someone with high tendency towards narcissism can uh, create. It's an up and down thing. I'm going to give you what you want and you're going to feel great. And then I'm going to take it away because what I want isn't being met. So I need to uh, arrange things so I get what I want. And again, what they want may just be you feeling bad. Because if you feel bad, guess who you're focused on? You're focused on yourself. You're focused on what you need to do to not only feel better, but probably your thoughts are more on the idea that you did something wrong and how can you now do something right and better just so they'll see the, the better you. They'll see the you that you know you are inside and that they don't understand that you're trying really hard to show them a better version of you. 
So you're showing up as best as you can and you're trying even harder, which is a big energy drain. You try and you try and you, you work harder on yourself and you're always doing what you can for yourself. And like I said, it's a big energy drain. So um, again, not necessarily talking about narcissism to the fullest extent today, but I think you should know all this stuff just in case you're dealing with someone in your life that is like this. Relationships that deal with emotional abuse and narcissism, things like that, definitely listen to the Love and Abuse podcast. But in this episode, I really want you to get the idea that um, when we relate to someone, we have to be really careful about certain people and where they're coming from because we could end up damaged. I'm not going to use that term not lightly because this is what happens. This is why the term narcissistic abuse exists. It's the ultimate form of selfishness, regardless of how you feel. And it may not be something they're doing intentionally. This can happen too. It may be that all they want is to feel happy and comfortable in themselves. But the way they go about it hurts you. And when that happens, there's a decision to be made. There's um, a thought that you need to have about, am I going to inject myself into this toxic situation? Am I going to engage in this toxic conversation? Am I going to put myself in harm's way? This is a big level of responsibility for you too. And if you're deep in it, if you're deep in someone's narcissistic magnetism, where they, they always make you feel good and then they take it away and some trauma bonding happens, that's when you are going through the love and abuse cycle. You're loved and then you're abused and then you're loved and then you're abused, but you're so connected to them because you love the highs of feeling loved and worthy and you suffer through the lows of feeling worthless and unloved just to get to that next high called trauma bonding. It's hard to get out of that when you're in a situation like that because it is like a drug. It's like an addiction. I need my next high, which is them treating you right or them treating you in a healthy way. So in this first segment, like I said, I just want you to walk away with some sense of understanding that some people can be very selfish and appear as the most generous, kindest, supportive person ever. But you only find out that they're selfish once you step out of your own stuff. Because this is what happens. We get into our own stuff like, oh, I must have done something wrong. Because highly selfish people will make sure that you focus on what you're doing wrong, which they make up. And as long as you're focused on that, then you won't see what they're actually doing to get their desires, their needs, and their wants met. When they get their desires and needs and wants met, and they feel good inside themselves, then it still won't be enough. However, they realize if they continue to treat you badly, and you're always feeling low because of the calamity they're creating in your life, they're going to know that you have a breaking point, and they're going to pull back right before your breaking point. Just be aware of this stuff. I, I want you to be highly cognizant of what is happening. And the only way to do that is to step out of your own stuff. And I'm going to say things right now that I mean with all love and respect for you, but I want you to take it in as something that could be powerful for your life. And one of them is when you know people like this and you feel bad around them, stop feeling bad for yourself. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. 
Stop thinking that you're the problem. Stop thinking that you are causing them to feel bad. Stop thinking about anything that you could do better to make the situation better. Because I guarantee you, in fact, I would bet a year's pay that if you are generally a kind, caring, compassionate, and empathetic person, that you're already doing enough. You really are. And if you have to try any harder than what you're doing now to please someone like that, then all it does is get taken advantage of and you get your energy sucked out of you and you will feel that trauma bonding unless you get out of it. And that's more for romantic relationships, but it's also for family, uh, probably just as powerful, if not more powerful, because we want the love of family. Uh, And it's also for friendships and it can happen at work with coworkers or bosses. And we just have to be careful with these people because unless they want to change, they're not going to. And so we just have to make this an acceptance inside of us that certain people won't change, which means we have to take care of ourselves. It's great to take care of someone else and treat them nicely when it comes back at us. But if they're using some sort of narcissistic formula to make us feel good and then make us feel bad or make us feel crazy thinking that no matter what we do, it's wrong or making us think that we're the problem and they're perfectly fine and we have to work on ourselves and on and on and on, then that's a huge red flag and we just have to be careful uh, about those red flags. Again, check out the Love and Abuse podcast for more on emotionally abusive relationships. But I want to talk about this a little bit more when we come back. I'm going to read you an email that inspired this episode. Make some comments. I, I think we have some good stuff to talk about today. We'll be right back. tell you about BetterHelp. BetterHelp is an online counseling service. Uh, you've probably heard me talk about this before. Uh, that helps you in a number of ways. Whether you want to do an online chat, texting, phone, video, e- either through your computer or your mobile phone, they offer all these alternatives to typical counseling and therapy. And I got to tell you, it is a really cool service. I got a chance to try it out. I got onto their service and you're able to select what items that you'd like to work on. And uh, once you choose what you'd like to work on, you can choose the counselor of your choice or they'll assign you one. And uh, once you're assigned one, you get to meet the person and usually starts off in a chat window. Uh, You'll get an email that tells you, hey, you got a new message from so-and-so. And it's all secure. And then you just log into their system, chat with the counselor that's assigned to you, and uh, you get to state what's going on in your life. And the people that I talked with, because you know, I wanted to test the system a little bit. <laughs> I wanted to make sure that this is something I could talk about on the air with integrity. And I'm here to tell you it is. I used their system. I tried out a couple different counselors because I wanted to dive in and find out how their system works and how easy it was to choose a different counselor. And I really enjoyed the process. And not only that, the people I met were so nice. They were extremely kind and generous. And just like the people I was talking about in the last segment, they're kind, compassionate, caring, generous people. And they really want to help. They are there to help. And it it was a really cool experience. 
and I highly recommend it. You're going to hear me mention them again next week. And not only did it meet my expectations, it exceeded them. So I'm very excited to tell you about BetterHelp. They have broad expertise amongst all of their counselors. They have a whole network of counselors. It's a secure system, convenient, professional, and affordable. And um, I don't think I mentioned this, but financial aid is available for those who qualify. So if you're listening and you need this, but you can't afford it, this may be a path that works for you. They have 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states. They are available worldwide, so if you're outside the U.S., you can certainly take advantage of this. They deal with almost anything you're working through, depression, stress, anxiety, sleeping issues, trauma, anger, family conflicts, grief, self-esteem, even LGBT matters. So if there's something that's interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp Online Counseling is there. I want you to visit betterhelp.com forward slash brain. Fill out the questionnaire, help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com forward slash brain. And for the overwhelmed brain listeners, you get 10% off your first month. So again, betterhelp.com forward slash brain and make sure to use the promo code brain during checkout. That's right. I forgot to tell you betterhelp.com forward slash brain. Use the promo code brain and you get 10% off your first month. Welcome back. Like I said, I'm going to read you an email. Uh, we're on the selfish episode now. So this email is from someone, I think it's a woman, who had an experience with a selfish person. Let's see where we go with this. Uh, she says, I just want to say thank you. I was in a relationship with someone for a couple of years. In the beginning of that relationship, I thought I found my someone special. At some point, things started to feel darker and darker. I wasn't okay with this behavior. I felt like I was being manipulated. But the situation was hard because I had moved in so quickly and he had a child that he had full custody of. I became this child's stepmom and pretty much I did everything for both of them. As I was slipping into this dark place, I needed some sort of help to prove that how I was feeling wasn't just me being crazy. I searched for top mental health podcasts and yours came up on a list, so I went with that one. Once I started listening to your podcast, a lot of things you were saying were lining up with his behavior and slowly realized I wasn't the problem. I eventually fell into listening to Love and Abuse, which was even more healing. He was narcissistic and toxic in so many ways. There were signs of physical abuse like him pushing me, but at the time I let it slide because I wanted to hold physically strong. It wasn't until we got into a nothing argument where he threw me into the wall and I crashed against the wall and landed on the floor. I was immediately crying. When I got up, I tried to leave. He freaked out and broke the light and broken glass was everywhere. He was telling me I can't just leave after, quote, everything we've built. I stayed out of fear. A week later, I was in the apartment by myself and I was supposed to go with him and his child, but I said I need to chill at home tonight. In that moment, feeling alone and very sad, I checked his messages on Facebook and found some evidence of him cheating. I already knew that he had and for some reason I needed another reason to leave. At this point, I found my nail in the coffin on this situation. I impulsively packed my bags, shoved everything I could into my car, and figured whatever furniture I left behind I would just buy in the future, and I went back to my mom's house. That's a long story short, but I just want to say thank you for bringing awareness on these topics, because a lot of people get stuck. It's been seven months now, and I'm healthier and happier. Still healing, but it's been a process. Thank you for being you. 
Okay, thank you so much for writing this. And I am so happy that you're in a better space today. Thank you for being you and for having the strength to leave and take care of yourself, protect yourself, honor yourself. Everything that you went through is certainly going to help you in the future. And um, it usually weakens us at first, but it strengthens us later. I want you to remember that. And you do sound stronger, so that's wonderful. And thank you for sharing all this too, because uh, I want to share this with anyone listening that might need to hear it. It's about an abusive relationship, and you know, not everyone's in an abusive relationship, but there can be abusive people in our lives, like I was saying, in family or friends or work, even church. <laughs> I mean, this happens. There are abusive people everywhere. And so what we need to do is have some resources inside of us so what, when these abusive people show up in our lives, we know how to handle it. And handling it might mean we always come back to the big picture of honoring and protecting ourselves. So keeping that in mind, anytime you're with someone who is trying to hurt you or harm you or make you feel bad in some way, which is damaging, it is emotionally damaging and the wounds can last for a long time. Come back to that bigger picture of what's most important. Your health, your sanity, your emotional state, your mental state, uh, your life. Keep that big picture in mind. That is your driving force or should be your driving force. That should be your main motivation to protect you. Not that you're always going around paranoid and thinking everyone's out to get you. But you keep it as uh, the top of your list, something very important, a high value. So if anyone does cross the line, you're going to access that higher purpose for yourself to protect you, to honor you. So with that in mind, I'm going to go through a couple of things that this person wrote in the email and just comment on them regarding the selfish place that uh, some people go to or on the selfish topic. Let's just continue with that. She said at the beginning of the relationship, she thought she found someone special. So here's the thing. When it comes to certain selfish people, we can call them narcissists. We can call them sociopaths. We can call them a lot of things, but let's just call them selfish. Selfish is when they want what they want, no matter what it takes to get that kind of selfish. I'm talking about certain selfish people, which I mentioned in the last segment, will do things that make you feel good about yourself. They make you feel special. And there's a certain characteristic amongst the very selfish people that make you feel amazing. They make you feel so loved. They will love bomb you. They will gift bomb you. They will charm the pants off of you, sometimes literally. <laughs> I hate to be that graphic, but that can and does happen. So we need to be very careful, especially in the beginning of a romantic relationship, that when someone makes you feel that special, there might be something a little insidious underneath. I hate to say that because people want to feel special. You want to feel loved. You want to feel like you're admired or even worshipped. Well, maybe not all of you, but some people, they just want to feel they are so worthy that somebody would do anything for them. When that happens sooner than later, you just have to be careful. I consider that an orange and sometimes red flag. That is something that you just want to consider if you start feeling very special, like they are going over the top 
They're talking marriage and kids maybe because maybe that's what you want or maybe not. They're talking about everything that you want. It might be too good to be true. That doesn't mean you stop the relationship. It just means you put your radar on. You put your selfish radar on. Are they being selfish? Are they saying this to attract me more? Are they saying this to get me to uh, get closer to them, to make me feel more comfortable with them? And ask yourself if they were trying to be selfish in this moment, how would it work? If what they said to me or did for me, would it work to make me feel like I trust them more? And this is tricky because I know there are genuine things, authentic things that people do that automatically make you want to trust them and feel comfortable around them. So it is, it is hard to tell sometimes, but I usually see that the more selfish someone is, the more giving they seem in the beginning. This is where the giving builds credibility for them so that when you think about them, you have all these amazing feelings about them. So again, this is for romantic relationships, but it also works in family as well. But this is not as exact with family because family you've known all your life, typically. And so family doesn't have to give you that first impression. You just have to watch for those first impressions. And this does work in a similar way with friends and coworkers and bosses and other people in your life that they will seem very giving and kind and generous. So I like to walk around with a slight bit of skepticism about every single person I meet. And that sounds so pessimistic, but I keep that skepticism up, not because I'm a negative person or think badly about people, but because I think that's a very healthy, critical thinking thing to do. I think when you think critically and discerningly and you are making judgments and you are making a decision on who you want to let into your inner circle, who you want to let close to you that you do have to be very careful and selective. And this is a lot harder to do if you walk around in the world trying to make friends desperately or trying to connect with people desperately because you're more likely to let your guard down if you're desperate. And this is why I've said on other episodes, when you're starting any type of relationship, if you bring in a desperate energy, you're going to probably attract a dysfunctional relationship. And that's tough because if you've been alone for a long time or you're trying to make friends, you'll be more forgiving of people's bad behavior. And sometimes you won't even see the bad behavior. So I like keeping a little bit of skepticism, always having that radar on just so that I can pace the process of connecting and getting to know someone and never dive in too fast, too much so that I don't get burned by my own misperceptions because that's what happens. We can see the signs if we're aware of them and we know what to look for, but we might get lost in our own perception or interpretation of things. So we don't follow through with the signs that we see, or we just don't notice them and that can be hazardous to our health. So that's what I like to say is just be aware, just be skeptical a little bit. Doesn't mean you're not going to be any less loving or caring or compassionate or kind or respectful. It just means you have a watchful eye on yourself. You are carrying your own personal bodyguard with you. And that gives you that sense of security because your guard isn't always up. And of course, when you get to know people and they prove themselves over and over again, 
uh, you find out that you don't have to carry that bodyguard around them anymore because they're a nice person or they're kind and they have your best interest in mind. So when it comes to someone special, as she's saying, that's my only thought on that is that you know selfish people will make them appear very special, but there's usually something they do that's a little over the top, a little too much. So just keep an eye on that. She says something else that she said, uh, once I started listening to your podcast, a lot of things that you were saying were lining up with his behavior. And I slowly realized I wasn't the problem. Now, this is important too, especially like I said in the last segment, when you're kind and caring and sympathetic and, and generous and compassionate, all the good qualities that I believe people should have when you are those things and you know you're trying, that's usually enough. It's usually enough unless you are intentionally being bad, but it's usually enough. What, you, what I just described there, if you have all those qualities and you are trying, that's usually enough. And what I mean by that is it's usually enough to tell me that you are probably not the problem. So I want you to remember that if you ever find someone that is being very difficult with you and they're pointing the finger at you and they're always blaming you or criticizing you or telling you you need to try harder and you're the problem, I'm not, you're probably not the problem if you're all those qualities or at least most of them. If you're not of those qualities, then that's something to work on, I believe. I believe you, you have to work on this stuff because we have to get along. We have to socialize. We have to connect with other people because life goes a lot easier when we can connect with other people. So when she says, I slowly realized I wasn't the problem, that is phenomenal because to realize that means that there's a self-awareness going on. And sometimes we lose our self-awareness in any type of dysfunctional relationship, um, even with uh, selfish people that we can't see how selfish they're being. We lose our self-awareness. We lose our conscientiousness of the situation. We lose our ability to see what's really going on because we get redirected to focus on ourselves because we think we need to fix ourselves. And the person who wrote, she realized that she wasn't the problem. She started thinking critically. She started being discerning. She started realizing that she was doing the best she can and the other person wasn't. That's my interpretation. And I'm very happy that she figured that out. So try to remember that when you are all those great characteristics, you're probably not the problem. Now, something else that she said that really stuck out, uh, and this is a totally, totally selfish thing for him to say, is she said, you know, he freaked out and he smashed something. And then he said, you can't leave after everything we've built. Now, this is when you ask yourself, is this person saying this because they feel love for me? Remember that question. Is this person saying this because they feel love for me? Is this person saying this because they care about me? Is this person saying this because they respect me? Is this person saying this because they want what's best for me? If she asked herself that question after he said that, uh, which she may have, then she would have realized that him saying you can't leave after everything we've built was a total manipulation. It was a way to make her feel bad about her decision. Because who says that with somebody who's upset with them and then they say, you can't leave after everything we've built? Mind you, this was just after he pushed her against the wall. 
If you want to find out if someone's selfish, ask yourself, are they saying this because they want an outcome whether you like it or not? Just ask that question. Do they want this outcome whether I like it or not? If the answer is yes, then you may be looking at a very, very selfish person. And if that's the case, then they're going to do everything they can to get their way. And we have to be really careful around those people because those are the kinds of people that will end up leaving us high and dry. They will end up taking love away from us. They will end up hurting us in many ways and we keep spending time with them. And, and this is where we inject ourselves into a toxic situation uh, until we get out. So if you're in a romantic relationship with someone like that, it's definitely something to think about. I'm not trying to make you feel bad about the decisions you've made. If you're in a situation like that, I'm not trying to say that you have to leave. I'm just saying you need to keep these things in mind. So if you have a conversation with them, you are on solid ground with what you realize. And you are also in a better headspace so that you can have conversations from a rational place inside of you instead of feeling like you're going crazy. So that comment, you can't leave after everything we've built. I don't feel love in that at all. I feel fear. I feel someone that is so selfish that wants what he wants, no matter who he hurts, that he's willing to do whatever it takes to get what he wants. That just scares me. I don't like that at all. I hope you don't either. So um, the last thing that I want to read on this is how we tolerate so much from a selfish person before we do anything for ourselves. She already knew that he had cheated. She's already been through all this abusive behavior. And then she found out that uh, he cheated again or he was still cheating. And she finally was pushed to threshold. She was finally pushed over the edge. And I think I was talking about this last week where you get pushed only so far where you finally say, I've had enough. I've had it. I can't take anymore. My heart can't take it. My mind can't take it. My body can't take it. I've had enough. And when you reach that point, you're going to be the strongest person ever because you're going to take care of things at that point. It's either going to be a thought that you put into motion or a plan that you put into motion or an action step that you take. No matter what, you're going to reach that limit and you're going to break through whatever was limiting you before. And that could have been, hey, maybe it'll work out. Uh, maybe he'll change. Maybe he'll realize that he's hurting me. Realize, you know, I'm talking about the person who wrote, maybe he'll realize the error of his ways, uh, on and on and on. And we make these excuses instead of saying, no, this behavior is unacceptable. I have standards. I have criteria and you are violating that criteria. You are violating me and I value me too much for you to violate me. So I will not take it anymore. And what I want to mention about her reaching that breaking point is that we sometimes stay way too long in a situation that is abusive or harmful and damaging. We sometimes stay way too long because we become resilient we become or are forgiving. We are compassionate. We are caring. We feel bad because they've had a tough life and they have a hard time. We feel like we need to be more for the people that we love in our lives. Even though some of them, the selfish people, don't seem to feel the same way toward us. They want to do what they want to do to get what they want. 
and we try to do everything we can to give them what they want, yet they always want more or they are hurting us or whatever. I've talked about it to death in this episode. They are continually draining us. And what ends up happening is that we become so tolerant of bad behavior, we continue to let it happen because at least it's not worse. And that's like one of the worst things you can say to yourself. At least it's not worse. You know what? He pushed me against the wall. At least he didn't punch me in the face. You know what? He yelled at me in front of my mom, but at least he didn't smack my child. And on and on. And we we take these violations of our values and we just throw them out the window as if they don't exist. And that's when we become more and more and more resilient to bad behavior. And that's not good. I mean, you don't need me to say that. But what you want to do is be careful of your levels of resilience and toleration because I understand that they are good qualities to have. I appreciate it. I definitely work on my resilience and toleration with certain people, but not when it violates my values, not when it violates my boundaries. And There's a line and you have to make sure that that line for you is solid and that when people cross it, they know they've crossed it. And they also know that there is accountability when they cross it. If you're not there yet, work on that. Work on getting there. Because life is just too short. Life is too short for people to be crossing your line all the time and stepping all over you. You don't deserve that. So to the person who wrote this email, you said it's been seven months now and you're healthier and you're happier. You are a testament to what can happen if you decide to get out of a toxic situation. If you decide to remove toxic people from your life, life gets better. Life can be harder at first. I guarantee you when she first left, it was hard. In fact, it probably felt defeating. It probably felt like she was going to end up on the street. I don't know. Maybe she felt like she'd never find love again. I hear all of these things over and over again. People write to me all the time saying, I'll never find that type of person again. I'll never find that kind of love again. And here's someone who probably thought that she was in the best relationship ever. And then it turned out to be something awful. But instead of continuing a path that made her feel bad day after day after day, she became aware. She turned on that radar and realized, wait, I'm not causing this. I'm just a part of his dysfunction and I don't want to be. And so she decided that she needed to go. And I know it was a hard decision. And sometimes decisions are hard. I've left toxic work environments when I needed the money. I've honored myself with toxic people when I knew I would lose their friendship or someone in my family, someone's love. I have chosen the hard road, not to pat myself on the back, but to tell you, you'll survive. You'll get through it. You will make it out the other side. And when you get away from the people that are draining you, or talk to them and tell them that they're draining you and hopefully they realize how bad that is and they change their ways, that would be great too. But when you change something, even though the road might be harder, because it usually is, big changes like this are usually harder, the rewards are often greater. (laughs) It's kind of what happens is that the harder roads typically lead to bigger rewards, but you have to get the lessons out of it. You have to take the path that honors you If it's hard and it doesn't honor you, then you might be on the wrong path. But if it's hard and it honors you, it's usually highly rewarding. 
I appreciate you. Thank you so much for writing and thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. We'll be right back. I'll say some thank yous in my final words after this. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to remind you of that online counseling service that I have personally vetted. It's called BetterHelp.com. And you can get 10% off your first month by going to BetterHelp.com forward slash brain using the promo code brain during checkout. And I want to sincerely thank those who are donating to the show and giving through the patron program over at patron.theoverwhelmedbrain.com. In fact, I just got a recent donation from... Who was it? Let me find her. I'm usually more organized than this. <laughs> oh, here it is. I want to thank... Oh, boy. I don't know if I can pronounce her name. Nafia? I hope it's Nafia. Nafia gave a donation and she said, It's not much. However, I'm healing from your podcast and I definitely hope to return to make a bigger one after working on myself. A bigger donation, she means. Nafia, I hope I'm saying that right. I am honored and grateful for your donation, no matter what the size, because... It took you time to actually go to the site, click the donate button and give anything and then write something. I mean, it took time. It took time and energy out of your day to thank me like this. And I am so appreciative of you. You don't have to give anymore. It's not about that. It's about just reaching out and saying thank you like you did. So thank you. I am so grateful for you. And I love that you are healing from the show and working on yourself I think that is awesome. You are amazing. I appreciate you. Thank you, Nafia. And thank you to everyone that donates and gives through the patron program. If you want to give, you can go to patron.theoverwhelmedbrain.com and there's a way to give monthly through the membership or a one-time donation. So if you find value in the show, head over there and certainly you can give back or just keep listening, learning, growing and healing and evolving. And by you becoming a better person, I live in a better world. <laughs> That's a selfish thing that I want. I want you to become better so that the people around me, like yourself, are happier and healthier, which makes me happy because there's less stress in my life. Very, very selfish. <laughs> anyway, I mentioned this a few times today. The other podcast that I do, Love and Abuse, all about uh, difficult relationships and how to navigate the challenges through your relationship and uh, also learning how to pinpoint the abusive behaviors and patterns in your relationship. And I also have a workbook over there at loveandabuse.com. So if you want to download that for your relationship, you can certainly do that. And the podcast is growing fast. A lot of people are listening to it and thinking, wow, I, I didn't know this existed. I'm so glad I found the show. So if you listen to that show and uh, you know somebody that might need it, pass it on as well. In fact, that reminds me, I'm going to talk about it at the end. That'll be my outro commentary in a moment. Um, I want to thank Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in the overwhelmed brain. And uh, now I got this on my mind. I want to talk about it. Um, the person who wrote to me and said, I uh, was just recently, uh, how can I get my friend to listen to your show or take advice on the emotionally abusive relationship that she's in? And it was a longer email, and she said that a friend of hers and uh, her are talking to another friend who's in a bad situation, 
And she's saying, you got to listen to this show. You got to listen to love and abuse. You're going to see this behavior that uh, you're telling us about. It's all in this show. You got to listen to it. And she said that friend uh, doesn't have time to listen. Doesn't want to take the time to listen. Isn't as uh, motivated to listen or, you know, something like that. And so the person who wrote to me is asking, how can I make her listen? Or how can, I mean, I don't think she asked it that way, but she said, how can I you know, urge her to listen? Or how can I get her to see what she's going through is very bad for her? You know, we care about her. Uh, the answer to that is very simple and very difficult. The simple answer is you probably will never be able to convince her until she's ready. That's a simple answer, but it's difficult because you're going to watch your friend suffer. And she will suffer. And, you know, I'm guessing she will suffer. But from what you're describing, she will suffer. What does that mean? That means you have to be there. This is my advice. You have to be there for her if she needs you. That's it. That's the best advice I can give you. Because you trying to convince someone to do something that they're not ready for, that, you know, if she listened to that show... She's going to find out truths that may be too difficult for her to hear. Now, I believe that show will help, but if she knows there's already a problem, and believe me, she does, she already knows there's a problem in her relationship. But because she knows that, it's almost more comfortable to stay in some sense of denial just so you can get through another day, just so you don't have to stop things and deal with reality Because if she were to leave that relationship or if she were to confront the person she's with, whatever, it's going to be hard. Like I was saying earlier, it's going to be difficult. Some people aren't ready for difficult. Some people want the easy path, even if that easy path is completely uncomfortable. At least it's what she knows. And some people can deal with what they know a lot easier than with what they don't know. Or at least what they fear might be a better way to put it. My mom dealt with what she knew, a horrible, abusive man for over 40 years, just because she feared what she didn't know would happen if she left him. And what we don't know will happen is usually not just a blank space in our mind. It is what we visualize happening. She might visualize if I leave that person's going to take all my money or that person's going to take my kids or that person is going to hurt me in some way. Some of these may be along the lines of truth. And fortunately, the victim of abuse typically has the law on their side. That doesn't mean it's easier. It doesn't mean that you can just get everything straightened out really quick. No, it might take a while. And sometimes it'll take a long time and the process will be slow. But each step away from toxicity heals the relationship radiation. It's steps toward healing the emotional damage that has taken place. When you stay in a toxic situation, the damage continues to eat away and hurt and continues to harm you. But when you step away from it, the very first day is like quitting smoking. It's like you're giving your lungs a break for the very first time. And then the second day... Your lungs can breathe easier and the third day easier. But it might take months. And people don't like that idea. Some people will not entertain a choice that takes months of hard work or hard decisions or hard emotional battles. 
They don't want to deal with it. They don't want to do it. And so your friend, the person who wrote her friend may not be ready to deal with that. She may not have the strength. She may not have the willpower. It's been crushed in maybe in the relationship. And if that's the case, she might need to reach the breaking point herself. And sometimes you just have to let people crash. I mean, that's what they say in AA. You sometimes got to let them crash. You stop enabling their behavior. You know, if you're with an alcoholic or a drug addict, you stop enabling it and you let them crash. You let them reach bottom so that they finally have some realization that they need to change. And that realization comes from the bottom. That realization comes from the lowest place you can reach. And so some people need to reach that low place in order to find the strength. There's a lot of power in that low place. There's a lot of energy down there too. When we're so drained, we suddenly find it when we're pushed over the edge. Because how much farther down can you go? Once you reach the bottom, you push back up. It's that deep end of the pool. You're holding your breath and you're swimming down. You're holding your breath and you're swimming down. And pretty soon you can't hold your breath anymore. And then you feel the bottom and you push off. And all you want is to breathe again. And as you get closer and closer to the surface, then you can breathe. Then you feel good. Then you're actually doing something for yourself. You're honoring yourself. You're giving your body and your mind life again. And so some people need to reach that bottom to find that push-off point, to get that strength. So she may need to do this, unfortunately, and nothing you can say to convince her will work, in my opinion. So what you might need to do instead, and this is what I would do if I were you, is say, hey, I know you're going through a rough time, and I, I just want to let you know that I am here for you whenever you need me. And that's it. That's all you say. Because saying that is going to give them a lifeline. She'll have a lifeline. So whenever she needs it, she'll call you. And what that does is allows her to initiate self-empowerment. It allows her to take a step forward for herself. So when you get that call, I mean, that's going to be from a self-realized place, from a self-aware place. Instead of someone trying to convince her and she feels like she has to do it because she's under pressure from her friends or whatever, even though there's a lot of love and care and what you're trying to do for her, it's a lot better and it's a lot more effective and it usually lasts when somebody initiates it themselves. That's why I say throw out that lifeline and if she wants to grab it, it's her choice and then you'll be very helpful for her because she will be open. And it still might take baby steps with her. She may need to do very small steps to get into a better space, but she has to reach that place herself. Go to that mental gym inside of her head and really start building her mental strength so that she can make decisions for herself because that's what it's going to require. You can try to convince someone all day to leave someone that's bad for them, but what they need is the strength to leave themselves. And that is a huge process inside someone's mind that might have been dealing with it for a long time. So that's my advice for you. I hope it's helpful and I know it's hard, but I think that's the best way to approach anyone that's in a situation like that, especially when you've already tried to convince them that you should leave him and we'll do whatever we can for you. I mean, I tried to do that with my mom for years and years and years, never, ever worked. And as soon as I said, Hey, if you ever want to talk about it, I'm here. 
Then she opened up. Then things started changing in her. Then she started realizing there was more to life because she was finally able to access some of the deeper inner wounds that she had that she felt like I wasn't going to judge her for or again put her on the defense because she wasn't ready to leave or talk about it. Uh, some of the stuff has to come out in time in a way that is self-initiated, self-realized, and self-empowered. And I wish that for your friend. And I hope that she makes it through this okay and is able to take steps that honor her. Thank you for writing that. And uh, definitely make sure that no matter where you are in life or who you're around in life, just keep your mind open and this will allow you to step into your power and be firm in your decisions and actions so that you can create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you, you are amazing. Amazing.